Welcome Sparks to Mission Debrief. We're playing every mission of the mainline Halo video game series in chronological order, discussing our experiences and sprinkling in a little lore along the way. If you'd like to play along and have your thoughts read on the show, email us at podcastevolved at gmail.com or drop us a tweet at podcastevolved on Twitter. We'll be playing the Alliance and Enemy Lines mission from Halo 5 on the next episode. If you like what you hear and want to support the show, visit Podcast Evolved on Patreon. This episode, we're debriefing the Swords of Sanghelios mission from Halo 5. I'm your host, Colin Perkins, alongside David Arnold. Hello, everybody. And Krista Brown. For Sanghelios! <laughs> As she raises her energy sword yep. in the air. I got like three of them, so. Do you? Nice. Yeah, I've been collecting. Last mission was Reunion. While Roland figured out how to continue the hunt using a guardian located on Sanghelios, Blue Team found themselves on an entirely new planet named Genesis. Our squad of Spartan 2s began to explore the mysterious location and found signs that Cortana is near and leading them toward her. Along the way, Blue Team encountered a detachment of Covenant that hitched a ride on a guardian and the Warden Eternal who was vehemently opposed to Chief reuniting with Cortana. Warden fight number two. Ooh. This mission, Swords of Sanghelios, the Sanghili homeworld, is next on the Infinity's hunting itinerary. Fireteam Osiris intends to track down the Arbiter in order to gain access to the Guardian's location at Sunayan. However, they'll have to battle through the civil war that's been raging as the Covenant continues to dissolve. The date of the game is October 27th, 2558. What's going on in this opening cutscene here, David? Is it... Yeah, does some stuff. Mm -hmm. um, it kind of opens like a lot of our cutscenes we've seen with a lovely shot of uh, Infinity. And it kind of slow pans in and then you get the hub of activity on the kind of loading bay. Uh, you see Locke and Vale walking up to a pelican and Palmer and Halsey are best friends now. So you can forget about how much they hated <laughs> each other because now they're yep, best friends. They're you know, Halsey's like lost an arm because of her, so... Right. That's true. She took it really well. And worked it out. <laughs> I don't so, need that arm. It's kind of... Yeah, it's kind of weird what's going on here. So Locke pretty much says, Hey, um, you loading up, Commander? And she says... Yeah, we're going to go see if the doctor can learn to speak Guardian. And then you don't really know where they go. They, they You kind of... They go on the Pelican. They go on... But where? Where do they go? <laughs> <laughs> They're just going to go hang out in the Pelican. But I don't know. No one hangs out in Pelicans. Those things crash all the time. They're very, very dangerous. <laughs> the longer you're in a Pelican, the more likely you are to crash. Exactly. So I imagine they're going somewhere uh, on St. Helios. But um, Halsey just says, I'll have a briefing for you by the time we reach St. Helios. Um, so Block pretty much just like says, see you planet side. And then we don't see her planet side. But it's fine. Um, well, not this mission. Not Maybe. this mission, that's true. Um, then you get this interesting dialogue of which you would think if you know the backstory to Vale's character, you would understand why she would be the more prominent member of Osiris because she's all about Sanghili and Sanghili culture. I don't think she's ever been on Sanghelio, so I would have expected her to be way more excited about this than she actually is. Um, but she is useful. Like She has some good tidbits and you get the sense that she is a person deep in the kind of Sanghili culture uh, for a human anyway. Um, so this there's a little bit of a sequence here, but it's pretty much Vale reminding you of Halo 2 anniversary terminals, if I'm yep, right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> remember uh, those things that we did? <laughs> yeah, I remember those. So essentially, she's just like, hey, Locke, you wanted to, um, you wrote up a dossier all about Arbiter in terms of your recommendation was to assassinate him, which makes total sense because he was like this incredible commander that was slaughtering millions of humans. So you're like, yeah, let's kill that commander because that makes sense. And then um, Locke just pretty much justifies that and Vale is like, so what changed? And Locke just goes, things changed. And uh, like I said, Healy walks up to um, with Lasky yeah. and pretty much says, yep, follow me. The Arbiter is in combat, so we'll have to escort you to, for you to get to him. Uh, pretty abrupt, but it is pretty cool to see 
the kind of um the ease at which the kind of um Sangili are integrated here because mm-hmm. if you remember flashing back to like Halo three when you were co oping like it was a rough transition, and it's great to see now like even a few years later that okay it's somewhat they have like a bit of professional I know like a lot oh, of the book, you you talking about where they load up and they go under the arc. Yeah, 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 yeah. But even like surrounding the kind of other mediums around that always played up how much humanity still hated Sangheili and how much the Sangheili didn't really give a shit about humans. Um, <laughs> you know? And it's it's just kind of interesting and a lot of the sword, uh, we're going to talk about it a little bit later, but a lot of the swords of Sangheilios, who and what they are, is based heavily around a mutual respect with humanity and that's kind of a big deal. Um, so I just think it's kind of cool to to show them kind of cooperatively interacting here, and it seems with relative ease, um, yep. because there are other kind of mediums that show you kind of like the military and even let's say the civilians being like very anti-alien still. Do you know what I mean? So there's um there's the two sides of Halo really still, um, which I think is cool. I like the way that they do that. Um, mm-hmm. So it shows them walking up to a ship that I can never pronounce. We're going to call Lich. it a Lich. 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 There you go. Um, this kind of just, the ship just kind of exits infinity and heads down towards the planet. You get kind of a cool fade in that shows the solar system. And then it shows a phantom kind of breaking off the Lich and kind of going down to the surface. Uh, it's all red, which is how you know it's cool, because the good guys <laughs> are the red guys. <laughs> Just so you know. Um, so pretty much we get to land on St. Helios, which is the home world yeah. of St. Heli, which is amazing. So pretty much this red phantom just kind of drops you on in and Osiris. It just said uh, the mission begins. Drops you in this little puddle. <laughs> pretty much. It drops yeah. you in a canyon. It's fun to wander around and, I mean, we'll talk about it kind of as we go too, but it's this is kind of where I was confused. I think I mentioned it in the last episode is like, so you're dropping blue team on a planet, and you're dropping, you know, you're dropping fire team Osiris on a planet. I was like, why are we both on different planets? Shouldn't we be on the same planet? But no, it, I mean, this this is a completely different place. We're on Sang Helios, and you'll you'll see. It's fun to see like the ancient ruins and just the I don't know if you would call it sandstone. It's probably not sandstone on, on Sang Helios, but it just just the environment. I think they did a really good job of, and they slowly introduce you to it. Similar in the last mission too, where. You get a chance to kind of wander around. There's some dialogue going on. You get to explore a little bit. You poke around. There's lots of intel on this mission. So Krista <laughs> loves this one. This might be the most of any mission. Yeah, they're short. Because, what is there, 12? Yeah. There's 12 there's pieces 12. of intel. So lots to explore. But, you know, you, you have your um, Artemis scan, and so they become a little bit easier to, to track down at least. And, um, yeah, so any initial thoughts as you as you – Get boots on the ground here, Krista and Sanghili. Uh, a lady talks to you. Yeah. What? Lady Sanghili. Lady Sanghili. I got some lady lore if you want some. I would love some lady lore. So this beautiful lady is a new character. She's called Maki Chava. Love the name. Yeah. Maki Chava. Uh, Maki Chava. (laughs) So there isn't a whole lot there about her, but I kind of looked in and I kind of found the little bits and pieces that I thought was quite interesting. Um, so she is a female ship mistress, which is an interesting title, um, because females are not considered really part of the acting military, uh, definitely not in the Sangheili culture up to now, and it kind of shows a great difference of what Arbiter is doing in bringing a level of equality to the gender, which we never would have seen before, and uh, we've talked on Podcast Evolved of like, the female Sangheili we've gotten have been really strong, amazing characters when they have shown up. So getting another one here, even, if it's a, even though it's a small role, but a ship mistress working with Arbiter, I think is a significant position and a significant thing um, for the Arbiter to have, which I think is cool. And she hasn't really cropped up since, which is a little bit disappointing, but I think there's avenues there to flesh her out a bit more, especially as we're talking... Her name is okay, Maki Chava. Now, the name Chava has actually shown up before for Halo 5. So, there are two brothers who are weaponsmiths. They're Oberyn and Silset. And they're Oberyn and Silset Chava. Um, we're not known what their relationship is to Maki. 
but these two weaponsmiths they come up in um the small bits of lore that you find on the various weapons that are in like um the different variants of the covenant weapons. Uh, oh, that's my, cool. So like yeah, they're they they do like they're they work for your ex covenants. They work for the Swords of St. Helios, both brothers. So I imagine that there's a family here that are kind of in one of their keeps, obviously sides with the Arbiter. Um, so I I think there's a cool story to be told there, um, between these three siblings, potentially. Um, I think that's kind of cool, especially you have like the males who are like are weaponsmiths and not necessarily soldiers, which is where the honor of the Singhali is, and you have the sister, the female, who is a shipmistress, which is like I said, very significant. Um, most of her lore is pretty much taken from this mission. Um, in terms of that, she obviously serves the Sora Zenkilios. She fight against Julon Dama's Reform Covenant um, throughout what's called the Blooding Years, which is like now, um, pretty much the years with the. It's pretty much what the um the Zenkili call their civil war, um. So that pretty much begins more or less from the October twenty seventh, um, twenty five fifty eight, which is the death of Madama. That's well, that's not where it starts, but that's where this big attack begins, um. Because right after Jewel dies, the Covenant launched their all-out attack on uh, Thelvanami on the Arbiter. I had to try and get him right now with overwhelming numbers. Um, so this battle is kind of in different places and different lores and stuff like that. But anyway, um, keeping on topic with this lady. Um, she is voiced by an British actress named Jean Gilpin. And I found this interesting because it specifically calls her out. It's the first female Singhili ever featured in a Halo game. She's never seen in person, only seen in the game um, the game transmissions. But uh, it's kind of like, why is this voice actress named? So she's in a ton of stuff. She's a 69-year-old voice actress uh, who has done a ton of games since the 80s and onwards. She's done a lot of voice acting work. So like I've found her kind of, well, some of the kind of more significant things she's kind of done is obviously Halo 5. She did Dragon's Age. She did some unique characters in um, Skyrim and stuff like that. So... I I just thought that was kind of cool to see this voice actress, especially because she's a 69 year old British woman who is doing the voice of a female Singhali, and there is no distinction whatsoever of why you would know this person. So I thought that was that was cool. Um, Super cool. Yeah. So there you go. I have some female Singhali lore for you. Yay! <laughs> Woo. Um. Yeah. It's. I mean, she's kind of like our faux hammer. Yeah, a little bit. Any other, I guess, any other thoughts as we're waiting, like, about the environment, Krista? It's beautiful. Like that? It's so good. It's nice to actually visually see Sanghelios. Uh, we've already always had it, like, described in books and stuff, but it's we've never been able to be boots-on-ground Sanghelios in a game. So it's really cool to kind of see it, especially since how prominent the Sanghelii have become in Halo and the lore and stuff, yep. and it's pretty mm-hmm. cool. <laughs> yeah. Also, this mission was the, like, demo mission for Halo 5. That's right. Yeah, there was this mission. I think Blue Team was one of the demo missions, too. Um, yeah, it was kind of interesting that they were able to show a mission this far in advance of the story. But as we kind of talk about the story, it, it we don't see... There's not really a ton of spoilery stuff here. It's not, you know, it's but, not disconnected from everything else, but everything else isn't very connected to this. Yeah, the whole point of this mission is just to go link up with the Arbiter. And it's kind of interesting that this was demoed that early when you think about the Halo 2 terminals are all about Locke and Arbiter and them talking to each other. And it's it, I just find it interesting that it all ties in that they were showing you pretty much this information way before Halo 5 even came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so um, wander around, have some, you know, just enjoy as we usually talk about, especially in, in um, you know, Halo 5, there's beautiful environments. And if you feel like because you can clamber around a lot more than you could in the other missions and, and climb around, you can you can just do a lot more exploring than, than we could in previous Halo missions. So do that, um, and we'll go find some Covenant now to, to go shoot. Hooray! The, uh, there's kind of a, a couple different... Um, encounters that we have throughout this this mission it's a pretty short mission overall i would say not i mean it doesn't take too long to get through it but there's kind of some couple a couple key encounters that we'll just kind of cover and that'll help frame up how we cover the whole mission but the initial fight that you have is you are you know you climb through the, the caverns with all the water and whatnot and then you finally get reach the first um first crop of 
of Covenant. They're not really aware that you're there, but they um, they do bring in a drop ship right away, and they you know prove a little bit of resistance. I, I don't know this this one may not be really super interesting to, to go through. I mean, you have your UNSC weapons right away, and um, you are you, know, you have the cliffs and the verticality, which is which is um, I guess a little bit of a change from our standard I guess encounters you know in Halo 5 we, we get a use for a Cali quite a bit but um, any I guess anything of note in this initial um, mission you have your jackals and you know you pretty much have everybody that we're used to fighting here in this point but um, you're you're just kind of going around and picking your favorite weapon um, David anything of note um there aren't any special weapons in this mission because I was kind of looking them up this time just to make sure I didn't miss any um, there's nothing crazy of note. It's the standard Covenant weapons. I mean, they're. I guess there's a plasma caster and a field rod are kind of the two kind of big power weapons in this. And there's also a sword or two. There's a cool moment where there's like a sword plunged into a Sankili that you can kind of take. I thought that was kind of cool. Because um, you'd rarely see something like that. Um, other than that, it's not my favorite for weapons, obviously, because you've run out of UNC weapons pretty quick. Unless you're playing on co-op and they can kill each other and respawn some <laughs> weapons and ammo and stuff. But, uh, but I don't know. It's it's cool. I used a lot of carbine in this and a lot of pot shots. I quite enjoyed them um, ripping turrets off and using them against the the Covenant here in 2. It's, I enjoy fighting the Covenant generally, so I did enjoy this mission quite a bit, even though it is short. Yeah, anything to add, Krista? I mean, there's the the turret and all that stuff kind of in this next area, but this this initial meeting, I guess. I mean, we're not surprised that we're fighting Covenant. No. I mean, that's what we're you know we're told we're if we fight them. We're not. We don't meet any forerunners here. We don't meet any Prometheans during this mission. The the whole mission is like, okay, we're in the middle of the civil war between the Covenant and the Swords of Saint Helios. Let's you know get get through the uh, the Covenant. It doesn't feel you don't really see a lot of this the other side the Sanghelio sort of Sanghelios is that I don't know I don't think it's ever really touched on it's like the it's like the Covenant Ark have come to invade this stronghold right yeah well they're just fighting in, yeah Sinaion in particular is like um oh that's right yeah where we are now they're like ambushing the Arbit they're here because the Arbiter is here like there's so, a like, council chamber chamber there's or a council chamber yeah. The Arbiter is there, so they've pretty much invaded to assassinate him. Um, but Sunayan is like their last stronghold on the planet because they've been fighting, like the Blooding Earth, like I said, they've been fighting consistently for some time in their in their civil war. So like, they're pretty much on the brink of being destroyed. So their like last ditch attempt is like, oh, we'll invade now and get the Arbiter here and now. Um, which we'll spoil for later. And whether or not you think that goes well yeah. for them. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's interesting. So, you know, we kind of proceed like, you know, we usually do. But, you know, again, we're in this, this big cavern. You do find a bunch of bodies here uh, after you clear out this first little area. There's a bunch of bodies strewn around. And those are the that's the sorts of saying Helios. And there's a little bit of dialogue between Fireteam Osiris talking about how that, um, you know, the Covenant must have snuck up, uh, snuck up on them or something like that. Veal says a, a prayer, which I think is kind of cheesy but i guess kind of cool at the same time it shows that she's she knows about the culture um and then buck chimes in and says that you know arbiter is an ally so as far as i'm concerned these are these are these are dead brothers yeah and tanaka says yeah it's time for payback so it makes you feel like a little bit more um i guess that you're siding with the swords of sang helios and this fight fight um with the covenant versus like you know, the mission is to get to the Arbiter, but it, it just gives you a little bit more reason, I guess, to continue and gives you a little more feeling behind it. It's very open-minded of kind of humans, and I think Buck and Vale, that they take on that sentiment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because a Especially couple because, years ago, they hated each other. Yeah, maybe not even that long ago, because when you think about whatever else is going on in the universe, um, they haven't met the Swords and Helios before. This is their first like quote unquote joined operation with them. And it's kind well, of like, it's also, oh, shit. like the Singheli didn't want any help with their civil war, which is why no human presence that is too. there. Like Arbiter's like, no, we need to handle this by ourselves, go away. So it's it is weird for 
humans to kind of be here right now, which is why this was kind of so talked about in the cutscenes in like a roundabout way. It's like, uh, I'm not sure we should go. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're not really, I mean, humans have probably been on Singhalus at some point, but not, not very often. Not many and not very often. So they're not, it's not like we're really welcome here. We're kind of invading their space and they're very prideful people or, yeah, I mean, they're a very prideful race. Yeah, there's been some kind of Oni operations um, around Singhalios and even on it, but like nothing, like nothing really official. Um, I think Glassman was one of the first, if not he the was first official, official yeah. yeah, human who was um, allowed on Singhalios. You mean Phillips? Yeah. Sorry, did I say Glassman? Sorry, yeah. I made Phillips. Yeah, yeah. I, I get them confused a lot too. Phillips. They're kind of similar roles. In my mind, I picture them as the same person, um, like yeah. visually how they look. Um, but anyway. Definitely. All right, so now we go through the. There's a, these caves that we're going through here, and we pop out on the other side, and then there's a bunch of snipers up top. And this, this I guess, this, this gets a little more interesting here because there's snipers up top, and there's a pit down in the middle, and eventually some drop pods come in here. Um, Krista, are you. What are you doing here? Uh, th- this is the part that gives you a uh, beam rifle right away, right? I think it's like mm-hmm. right yeah, on that kinda, ledge. I think there's like a dead. Yeah, there's like somebody oh, I missed it. that's saying Healy or something like that, and you go grab it up there. Yeah, so I I took that immediately, and I um, I just pretty much stood up there with my. The interesting thing is like you can stand up there with the carma- carbine and the beam rifle, but no enemies are going to spawn outside of like a couple grunts and the jackals until you drop down. So you can't really like stay up there oh, the right. entire time. Mm-hmm. You have to actually get down. So the Next place I went once I dropped down was up to the left. There's like an elite there, and then you can kind of bust through a wall. There's kind of a ledge up there you can kind of sit on and snipe from there. That's where I hung yeah, out. Yeah, those snipers, you really got to get those snipers, otherwise they're going to, especially on harder difficulties, otherwise they're going to take you out pretty quick. And then your teammates just don't know how to revive you, and they just end up jumping around <laughs> like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there, I mean, there really is a lot of vertic- verticality in this mission. You really, you can get up way up high, and you can get down low. So you can you can find lots of nooks and crannies and corners to take out enemies at a distance. And I, I feel like I'm doing that more so in this mission than I normally am. Um, normally, I'm you know kind of gung gung ho, just kind of get in the middle of the fight, maybe find a little corner. But um, there are enough. There's there's enough enemies. Again, it, it would have been inter- It would have been a little more interesting if. You could actually see if you were in the middle of the battle, especially at the beginning, or at least maybe closer to the beginning. There's something at, towards the end that feels a little bit more like a like a, a struggle. But at the beginning, it would have been interesting where you feel like stepping into a fight. You know, we saw the dead, the dead um, Sanghili just just a second ago. But maybe like in this area, you'd see like maybe the the last remnants of a battle, and then you know the Covenant standing their ground or something like that. Um, I love these giant drop pods again. You know, the, the we've talked about them in the past, like the, the luxury drop pods. <laughs> They're just huge, um, different than what we've seen in the earlier games. But um, yeah, this is this is a this is an alright area. It's it's brings whenever I, I encounter this, like it, it brings back you know pretty good memories of, of kind of just climbing through this this whole mission and, and fighting through. Once you get past this in, initial area, then there are some turrets to deal with. So grab one of those if, as soon as you can and, and proceed. But really, just a, a lot of a lot of grunts and some jackals to deal with, and you know the t- our typical warfare that that we're used to here. Anything else? Um, just to touch on again, you know, I, David, you said that there's a couple of weapons here and there. Um, I'm not remembering all the, the right spots. Maybe we just cover up. No, the there's not a lot going on. There's some carbines, a lot of storm rifles, plasma pistol dealers, do I mean the standard Covenant fare. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look a, around, sometimes you can find the fusion cannon or a plasma caster. I love the plasma caster, so generally I pick it up when I can see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, that's pretty much all that's on this mission. Yeah. Um, I did a turret for a little while and stuff like that, and but nothing, nothing crazily interesting. Yeah, I think I, I'm usually rolling. Go ahead. No, you're right. I, I like this canyon. Um, this area is pretty cool. You've pretty much kind of covered it all, though. Yeah, I'm usually rolling with the carbine as much as possible. I do like the storm rifle more in this game, so I, I'll use that a little bit. Otherwise, I like the needler too, so I'm, I'm grabbing the needler and, and leveraging that as much as possible. 
the next area it's like this big hill area that you're slowly climbing up and there's you know a bunch of rocks and kind of you know it's a ruins area but then you can there's a at least i always kind of go up to the right and there's a, a breakable wall that you can bust through and then you can, you can sneak behind a little bit um there are there's a couple let's see there's a jackal up in there and then there's a stealth elite that comes charging at you so take care of him as quickly as possible you can grab that sword but it's not super useful in this mission at least not until you get to the very top maybe dude that stealth um, elite totally caught me off guard when i yeah. today i was like oh yeah that guy's there shit <laughs> he comes charging well the, the other yeah. problem with the with it is that if you get killed by the stealth elite and then you ask for assistance your teammates just stand there and let the elite just sword them to death so one by one, your teammates oh, right. just all die. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Just like, oh, jeez, why? <laughs> yeah, there's a little more struggle on the the revive mission or the revive mechanic on this mission, but um, overall, I think it gets better towards the end of the game. But we'll see. We'll see as we as we talk through the rest of the missions. Uh, but I like this this canyon area. I feel like I I, I try to clamber around on on things a lot here because you there's like this spire kind of in the middle that you can climb up on i think there's some intel way up there and you can you know do lots of ground pounding and and yeah there's just lots to do and and climb around in this area so have fun um there and there's plenty of enemies so i I feel like i'm not usually like leveraging a a checkpoint as well usually you know maybe die and hoping that i got to the checkpoint by the time i i get to the top it's it's not super easy unless you're you know, being really slow and methodical and taking your time, kind of clearing everybody out the bottom. The the covenant will kind of come down and charge after you, though. So, so it's it's a it's a good fight. It's a good area. It's a good co op area. I feel like too. This whole mission's great you... for co op, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Once you reach the top, finally, you get through. You can kind of reload with some weapons and whatnot. There's a little bit more um, dialogue between the team and. Veil brings up an interesting point, and it's kind of hard because you're like on this planet that's super far away, so you don't really understand, you know, when their civilization took place versus the humans and whatnot. But Veil says that all of this stuff, all these ruins, predate, you know, ancient Egypt, which is which is interesting, interesting fact and something just interesting to think about that this society was thriving far in advance of what humans were. All I'll say to that is humans got there first, and then we got regressed the hell back. It's not our <laughs> yeah, fault. Yeah, it is okay? true. Uh, that's a good point. That is a good point. We were the, one of the Forerunner's biggest enemies. Have they talked much about Sangheili in their reseeding? I don't think they have. No, never. There was they a They never became brief, advanced enough. Uh, there was a one of the animations of the Halo Origins that was in one of the, which was one of the Halo Legends short movies, um, short animated shorts things. I said short too many times there, but um, <laughs> there's a scene I remember it, which shows the reseeding happening, and it has like, like wholly fully formed animals coming out of Forerunner structures, and one of them I remember being a pretty much naked thing. He very naked and very pink. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember that much. So they did okay. exist back then, but probably weren't advanced enough to be a spacefaring culture. Yeah, I see. Okay. Another an interesting race that was advanced enough was the prophet race, the Senshaihum. Mm-hmm. They were in there. We don't talk about them, Krista. Yeah. We don't talk about them, Krista. We're not going to either. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. They're all dead. Yeah, well, there's a couple around here and there. Dead. <laughs> All right, so we uh, re re um, I guess re arm ourselves with whatever you know, whatever you want to grab here. Whatever the hell's lying on the floor. Lockers. Yeah, whatever's around, and then we pop out on the other side of this cave, and you see a bunch more Covenant ships coming in, and you see Sunion in the background. You see Sunion. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't mention that you see that at the very beginning, but it's it's a cool it's a cool little looming city. It's like a water city on stilts, something like that. It's pretty pretty interesting, and we will be there soon. Spoilers. Fun to, to yep, just fun fun to see a little bit um, in the background, which is cool. Isn't there a skull Buck like right a, here too? 
Yep, there's a skull right it's here. It's a pain in the ass you to get. Do a little climbing around. And it you is gotta, really you hard. Really use you use all your Spartan abilities to get there. Yeah, you have to like <laughs> hover. You have to like charge, hover with Sprint, the uh, boost, hover, boost, or some shit like that. Some weird. I think you have to like of... hover with the ground pound or something because then you can get your boost back. It's something like that. It's like it's like boost, hover, boost, and then you get there. But it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, it's they really tuck that one away. So if you've been exploring, again, if you're if you're one of those people that are looking for the skull on your own, you, you know, might not find that one on your own. We spoiled that, but <laughs> but this would be a very hard one. It's like maybe I can get up there, but it would be a big pain. I guess you'd probably be able to see it once you kind of get high enough, because it's it's on another little I don't know, plateau up there. You'd probably say, "Oh, I can get over there. There's the skull," but it is a little bit of pain. But that's the mythic skull, so go grab that. Buck has a good line here. He talks about he sees all of the covenant, you know, flying over, um, in in the sky and you know drop pods and whatnot. And he goes, uh, just act casual. Maybe they won't notice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So then now we're kind of getting towards the end of the mission. Again, it's it's pretty short, but the fun stuff, the really fun stuff, is coming. But what we do now is, yeah, now we see. A little bit more. I think you see the council chambers off in the distance, so you can see where you're going. But we have to go through like a different chamber area. Did you? Would you? Ju- you jump over this big gap, and it was probably a bridge at some point or, or something. One of the questions I was thinking about, and especially when Vale talks about, you know, this predates the Egyptians. Is this dam- is this area ruins because of the civil war, or was it always ruins? Unclear. No, I think it was. Yeah, it's unclear. Uh, some of it doesn't look like battle damage. Like it, it, uh, it doesn't look like recent damage. Do you know what mm. I mean? Um, so I, I, I get the impression it was probably ruins anyway, especially yeah. if it's if it's that old. But why would yeah, they have important what... council meetings in ruins? Yeah, that was my question. I don't know if it was an important council meeting, and I guess I'm well. Maybe okay. It probably was important, but let's just say. When you think about what the Swords of San Helios actually are, they're trying to hark back to a pre-Covenant era Sangheili and what they were like, because the Sangheili are now are reeling from being cut loose from the Covenant. They're not good at farming, they're not good at, like, the Covenant makes you very subservient and very kind of reliant on them. Codependent, yeah. So, like, when you lose a lot of that infrastructure, you find when you're a warrior race, how the hell do you farm? Do you know what I mean? So, there is huge losses there. So, I think the Arbiter is going to these culturally significant sites and holding meetings there to kind of have them in an area that will inhibit or, let's say, bring forth and add maybe some legitimacy to what he's trying to do. Yeah, that's the kind of, that's my understanding of it. Yeah, because is the comment um, something about predating the covenant, right? Like this was this was all around and used before the covenant was even around. So let's let's go to these ancient sites and and kind of experience that historical culture as we're looking to rebuild the Sangheili culture. Well, and, and to them, this ahead. is like when their race was great and when you know they were self sufficient, they were you know more powerful and stuff like that. Like they yeah, kind of they lost their way on their on their way through the continent. And, yeah, and they were a spacefaring race before. Yeah, yeah. We get to this little—I don't know. I guess this is like a chamber of some sort. Like there's something going on here. People were hanging out here at some point. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we get here, and then um, Maki Chava chimes in, and she says, "All right, I'm I'm on my way." But before that happens. The a couple of hunters get dropped in the middle here, and you get to have a little a fun hunter. Fun. Uh, Chris, Chris, I will uh, say the um the, the new spirits, the new model. I think so sick! Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, I love I how they like amazing. fan open. Yeah, they're awesome. They like their doors open like one at a time in kind of sequence, and like you said, like they like, uh, open like a fan. It's pretty cool. They look amazing. Chris, are you not a fan of this area? This this hunter. Oh, fight? hunters are kind of annoying in this game. Just in general, yeah. especially on heroic, they're just a bit tougher. Uh, they're real aggro, especially because when they can use two types of fire it's modes. It's so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ugh. 
Because, I mean, like, when you when they were using the one type of fire mode, they were really easy to dodge. But when you don't know which one they're going to be using, it's kind of a whole different strategy from all the different Halo games. That's true. Uh, Can you ground pound them to, the, like, does it do any damage? No, they just laugh at you it's and then they it. crush you. They kill you until <laughs> you die from it. But, um... I, so, like, think, I think I probably kind of stay... Actually, uh, um, I've done it a couple of different ways. But there is a like a little cove off to the left that you can go into, and I, th- I believe there's some weapons over there, and you can you can kind of hunker down. There's a fuel rod. Really won't come in to that area. Um, I mean, they they probably will eventually if you if you taunt them enough, they'll they'll charge after you. But I feel like there's enough area around here, and it's it's almost built for them to be the hunter, just to be in the center, and then your fire team to fan around and kind of just focus fire on them. David, what's your approach? Um, pretty much I do all something similar. Like today, I wasn't ready for them. Totally forgot they existed. So they dropped in right on top of me and instantly wiped my team. So I oh, was like, did. well, that's great. <laughs> so second time around, I had a field rod ready and a plasma caster. So I took out one pretty quick, then had my team focus on the second. Um, that, that second one took way longer. Uh, I wasted all my ammunition pretty much on the first one. Uh, I'm playing heroic just, just so you know. Uh, you know so I took a lot of dodging. Got downed a few times before I managed to get some grenades under him and kind of blow off yeah. his back armor. And then eventually I had enough of my team spread out that he was kind of turning and trying to shoot everyone. So, like, his back was... I got a, a lot of good shots on his back. Yeah, I'm um, usually exhausting my grenades in these fights. Like, I'm throwing as much as I can, hopefully trying to be accurate. But yeah. it usually wears him down quite a bit for me. All right, now some good stuff happens. Maki comes in and she gives a present Mentuses! to us. <laughs> Cementai. But courtesy of Palmer, because Palmer's awesome, Commander Palmer l- gives her these Mantai to to go and finish off the mission. Wrong. Commander yeah. Palmer is not. David, cool. how are you feeling about the Mantai now? Mantis in this uh, in Halo 5. Any Ugh. better? Uh, I think it is a little bit better. I felt like today I was overheating all the time. Um, I don't know if they were always like that, because I remember getting a lot more shots in the chain gun in Halo 4. Um, it's okay. It's fine. It's, it, I think it plays pretty much the same way, where you're constantly having your shield down, so all, all I'm hearing is my shield down beeping at me all the time. But, like, I pretty much think you, you have to use the Mantis in the, in this segment. Uh, I've done it a few times where I didn't, um... I've directed my teammates to kind of pick them to get into them, and I take the wraith in the next screen, in the next next part. Yeah. Yeah. Krista, do you take the wraith? No, I don't. I stay in the mantis and I stomp on people. Okay. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I love stomping. All the stomping. So good. Stomp, stomp is pretty fun. <laughs> if there's one redeeming quality of the mantis, is to stomp. You be quiet, David. Yeah. You're not allowed to talk anymore. Oh man, Stomp- <laughs> stomping on a ghost and having it explode around you so is good. such a satisfying feeling. I found that yes. like to get the AIs to do anything, you just have to mark literally everything. Like I mark an elite yeah. and then I go do something else, or I mark a ghost and go do something else. That's what I've been trying to do. I just mark everything now, and now they are they're actually helpful if you mark everything. That's pretty much what, what I've been doing. Yeah. I wonder what the logic is otherwise. Is to just shoot at the thing that's closest to them? No, they just stand and, around and look at the helpful. walls and like stare at the ground. <laughs> I don't know if they put a lot of fire on the enemies if they're not being told to. They don't seem to be like aggressively minded. Do you know what I mean? They don't seem to have like um, an AI preset in terms yeah. of like going defensive, offensive, long range, short range or anything like that. They just seem to float around you. Um more so than progress anywhere unless you're specifically telling them to. That would have been a nice little tweak. Maybe they'll do that in future um, future installments, but just be able to set kind of if they are going to be, like, you are the distance person. Just, like, preset it before the mission. You know, like, Linda, you're, you're going to be distance, you're going to be sniper, and Kelly, you're going to be, you know, close range, and then, um, or I guess we're talking about Fireteam Osiris, so you know, I guess, who's, who's the sniper in Fireteam Osiris? It would be Locke, Tanaka, maybe? I guess. Tanaka, maybe? Tanaka has a DMR, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so she could be the sniper. But anyway, that would be nice to kind of set that and, like, if they're if they're more aggressive. That's a, that's a good thought there. The first little area that you, you encounter with your your Manti are just kind of like a, a, hey, remember the Mantis? Or if you haven't played it, like, here, test out the Mantis. And it gives you a kind of small little area to, you know, with a lot of a covenant to stomp on or shoot or blow up or whatnot. So that initial area... 
Uh, have some fun there. There is the wraith right in the middle. Don't blow up the wraith because that's that's yours for the taking. Um, and I don't think I've ever jumped in that wraith. So, David, you said you have before? I have. I didn't do it this time, but I have. Yeah. I feel like what I've done with the wraith is I've taken my mantis into the next area, and then by the time it's smoking, I've hopped out of it and then gone and stole the wraith from yeah. whoever's still in it and then try to finish off the area from there. But use this first area as a little test, um, testing out the controls and whatnot or remembering what the mantis is. And then you get to this door where uh, once you clear out the whole area, then a Sanghealy is like, okay, there's a ch- the council chambers are off in the distance. Go get them. And this is the, fe- the final big arena to finish off the mission. Krista, what's your approach in this area? Are you going up to the left? Are you going down below where those hunters are? Um, I usually actually go down below. I just kind of just, just kind of work my way through the whole thing, kind of just down the mm-hmm. middle, <laughs> just kind of stomp sure. my way through. <laughs> well, you feel pretty invincible, at least I do. In the, oh yeah, in the mantis. So it's like I'm okay taking some damage. I'm just gonna go and and just blow my way through. David, how about you? Uh, I've done this multiple different ways because this is one of my favorite areas. I love this open area mission because there's essentially three routes you can go and they play differently, which I which I kind of really like. So it's the like middle, a MOBA. it's like Halo yeah. MOBA. Oh my god, how dare you! Um, I don't know what that means. So the middle has like the heavy wep vehicles and the hunters. Um, you can go right, which just has like some spirits that drop in some enemies to you. So like the right, I think is definitely like the easier road to go. Um, on the left, you got like a high kind of cave, but hunters do spawn in there too. Um, so they've got me. I like this area on legendary is so tough. Uh, and in terms of like trying to get yourself through. Um, the only saving grace is that when you get to the end, the doors will open and you can kind of run through. You don't have to kill everything. Um, but like, there's loads of there's ghosts in here. There's raids. There's hunters. Mm-hmm. There is every form of covenant that there. You know, there is except for drones, I suppose. There's many, but you got loads of grunts, lots of jackals, lots of carabines, loads of elites. It's pretty cool. It's got and a the, mix of everything. There's that wraith there at the end, just guarding that, go- that door. Being a yeah, with some fuel, fuel rod um, elites as well. Yeah. Yeah, and then you can, you can actually, there's an area above that you can climb up to and just skip a lot of it if you kind of mm-hmm. go up to the left. I think I, that's what I did in my legendary run is I went up, up, up onto the left. I got out of my mantis because it, it usually doesn't last very long on legendary and then just kind of skirted up to the left, climbed up to the top and then Hope you know, hoped for the doors to open once I broke through the the, the floor up there. It's a cool set piece. It's a it's a great area. Yeah, I have a lot of fun in the spot. Again, especially this whole mission is really fun on on multiplayer on co op. So do that if you haven't. Find some buddies. Do it. All right. So that door opens finally towards the end here. You, I think there are some ghosts that you could grab, but we're almost at the end. There's just some some stairs to climb up and and wind around. There's a little bit of dialogue back and forth. You finally do hear the the, the arbiter's voice. Oh, oh, beautiful arbiter! Arbiter, is that you? <laughs> um. So once you kind of oh, I guess there is one more area. So you climb up this other area. It gives you a little bit of a restock, and then there's some final drop pods that come in play and put up some some final resistance. At this at, at when you before you get into the mantis, you have some. Swords of saying Helios with with you, but by now they they're, they're all dead. They're, not, they're all dead. <laughs> we yeah, failed they them. Don't last very long. Yeah, but there is a a good bit of resistance here in this little final stretch. Lots of drop pods, you know, lots of elites, lots of grunts. They're they're trying to they're trying to stop you from getting to the arbiter as much as possible. But if you're in your mantis or you're in one of the vehicles, you can make pretty quick work for them, or per, pretty quick work with them. The the fight scene when you're kind of like climbing up the stairs is really really cool. Yeah, that was really well done. Are you talking about when you finally get to the arbiter? Well, you oh, no, just there. B- just before you get to him, like when you enter this the building structure and they're fighting each other as you go up. Oh, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. So finish it off. You see kind of these uh, the flags of the swords of Sang Helios, and then you're making your final climb. There's like you can see some other Sanghealy of your 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 brethren, I guess, right? Your, yeah. Your, um, <laughs> your brothers, your Sanghealy brothers. It's cool to see them like fight Covenant. Dying on the stairs, but yeah. It is. This is the point where you kind of 
see a little bit more of the Civil War, but you're just coming in and wrecking shop. <laughs> you're really just taking over. Like, all right, I'm just going to clean this up for you, and I'm going to get to the old Arbiter. Especially if you're me, and you take the mantles all the way up to the Arbiter. Yes. <laughs> so I like when you get everybody. to him, he just doesn't need your help at all. He, like, offs two guys right away. Yeah. It's, it's awesome to see that in gameplay. He doesn't have his just sword, though. He's just got a normal he has one. Sword. Oh, he doesn't have the. Uh, he doesn't yeah, have the prophet's bane yet. Prophet's bane. Yeah. He doesn't have that yet. I I feel like though at the end when you finally do get to the arbiter, it's cool to see him do his thing. It, it, you could actually miss it technically if you get up to trigger it, but then like look around and and you could you could potentially miss what he's doing. But but you climb up the stairs, you see him off to to elites, and then he says, "Oh, what are you guys doing?" <laughs> <laughs> Which Spartans. is weird to think that didn't did hadn't you talked to the arbiter before now? Like how did yeah. you get how did you get the swords of Zangilos on Infinity? Is what I'm kind of finding weird. Yes. And and him not knowing what you were coming, but I guess maybe he meant specifically Locke. Because it seems to be, be there's another cutscene. I don't know this, no, I think it starts with the end of the next start of the other yeah, mission. This the mission just ends here. Pretty so much. It, it feel like it ends abruptly, and then that long dialogue, like Spartans, what's the meaning of this? <laughs> so maybe it's like Lasky made contact somehow and didn't say that they they were going to insert the Spartans at the, the opening cutscene. Lasky and and Locke kind of have that conversation where like, hey, you know, if this goes wrong, nothing happened, you know. So maybe something along those lines. Mm, that's true. Maybe, yeah, okay. Maybe Lasky got in touch with Mech. Mm-hmm. Mickey and kind of arranged this little side op themselves to very much because obviously they got the swords of Sanghelios onto Infinity and got them down to Sanghelios. Somebody gave permission for that to happen and then to yeah. say, yeah, this is a mission that doesn't exist. I kind of forgot about that. That but he you, says that. You would think that they would have some sort of communication technology. <laughs> they to definitely give the do. Heads up. Because in the books and stuff like that, they definitely talk about how Lord Hood is talking to the Arbiter at various uh-huh. stages for various things. And like before this mission happened, Infinity came. Like Infinity's like maiden voyage um, is, or quote unquote, the Thursday War, which is where that kind of book is kind of named after, is when a ship is put through its paces in like a small kind of battle and stuff. But they pretty much brought mm-hmm. Infinity to St. Helios <laughs> and blew the shit out of everybody yep. and saved the Arbiter's ass. And right. it was like an ultimate introduction of humanity is now the largest and probably one of the best space forces now right. because with the dissolution of the, of the Covenant, there's a huge gap to fill. And like the Infinity is like way bigger, way more advanced than anything human had up to that, humanity's had up to that point. So like, it's weird then that he has to send in a little covert team to go say, hey, Arbiter, right. what's up? Yeah, that's a good point. So I don't know what's happening here, but obviously I don't think the Arbiter's been in communication with, with Lasky. There's something else kind of hinting there, and maybe that's some of the story that was cut or some of it that doesn't make sense now. Maki Chava shows up. She, her, her, her phantom is off to the side. You can see it, and then Arbiter just walks towards it, and then the mission ends. The Arbiter has some sweet, sweet gold armor. I want to talk about the next mission because we can see. He a got bit that more. Gucci armor. But he got dressed yeah, up. Yeah, he does. He got dressed up. <laughs> Any other points on this? The swords of saying he like we haven't seen the Arbiter since twenty five fifty three when he was at the memorial for John when John was presumed you know dead more or less you know missing in action. What what's what's Arbiter been up to? He's been a busy, busy boy. Um, pretty much where you see him, the shipmaster Vatus um pretty much takes him and brings the majority of Zangili back to Zangilios. Um, there's a book Shadow of Intent which tells his story a bit more, and I can't really remember, but I pretty much think he just drops him off, and the Arbiter gives him a mission. I I think it's it's loosely based on tracking down Covenant remnants and prophets and stuff like that. I mm-hmm. can't really remember that book. But anyway, it splinters off and just kind of leaves the Arbiter on St. Helios. And then he pretty much begins um, recruiting 
and like it says okay uh, the Sanghili initially lacked organization after being cast out of the covenant and um, there was various different separatists um like as a shipmaster Ratusfadum, um, he had a significant number of forces at the end of the war, and Telvadam pretty much took took over them, and then didn't really formally establish the swords until after the end of the war. Um, so there was a few different factions. The Swords of St. Helis being like one of the most dominant ones, um, pretty much based all upon like you know the Arbiter's reputation and like everything that he achieved is pretty much well documented i think among sanghili um i love the they, nickname so there's i guess the faction name so it's the same too but oh yeah it's so good is it, yeah it is, it is pretty it's like an ancient name like an ancient sect that apparently has cropped up numerous times in sanghili culture for like different reasons um different people have claimed to be the swords um so there was um pretty much that's where they got their name um so, because of the Arbiter's policy of cooperating with humanity, this brings him a lot of benefits, but also a lot of negatives. Um, and that's pretty much where a lot of the beef really kind of stirs up on the homeworld. Mm. Um, so, like, he eventually consolidates his strength all under one banner and calls them sort of Zanghelios. And they're all based around Vadam, which is where the Arbiter is from and his keep. Um, so, pretty much it's like... An ancient title of honor expressing their nobility and the unification of the Sangheili people is their cause, uh, as you can imagine. So, on but it's also world, a little bit about the acceptance of, the, I mean, not directly, like it's not part of their, I don't know, um, their, their, their charge, but they're also saying like humanity's not as bad as we thought, right? Like, other no, no, races yeah, aren't, aren't terrible. They're, no, they're very much accepting of humanity. As much as as Sanghili can be, um, because there there was interesting times throughout like various bits of lore where you see different characters questioning the prophet's adamant hatred of humanity. Like, why do we hate them when they're clearly advanced enough to join the covenant, and the covenant would be stronger for it? Yet we're eradicating them, uh, and that's obviously because of like various other things, and yeah. you know where the reclaimers and all that kind of stuff, and that goes very much against what the prophets were selling and their lies but anyway um there was other various factions um obviously that were very strong known as the servants of the abiding truth um so they viewed the swords as Helios as blasphemers and they began an insurrection and that was supported by oni because they wanted the civil war to go right. on to keep the Sangheli weak so that was kind of all the kind of very interesting backgrounds of what was going on with the Halo 5 trilogy um, so there's loads of background lore there, and the Arbiter is touched up, touched upon there at various points throughout the years of the, that operation. Um, he's directly involved in some of the stuff, which is cool. That's where you get the conversations between Lord Hood and um, an Arbiter, and Arbiter is very much to humanity like, "Stay away, let me deal with this shit because you showing up makes things worse for me." Um, so it was only in, like in the most extreme measure when Infinity actually showed up and saved the day. Uh, which is still such a cool goddamn moment. <laughs> uh, so pretty much, um, Thel was supposed to be like going around and visiting all the keeps and kind of pretty much doing it like a, I think like American politicians do, where they go around to the states and kind of garner support and have yeah. rallies and all that kind of stuff. So he was doing that, uh, and I think, however, by twenty five fifty three January, there was a great dissent amongst the Sangheili factions. And eventually it kind of split over into like their, their civil war as various factions warred against each other. And it was a very slow process. But I think it was kind of interesting that um one of those books things that when Oni are like evaluating Sangheili and their culture, they're like, okay, one faction is gaining way too much too fast. We need to slow them down and we need to support this faction here. And thought that kind of interaction, like it's so sneaky. It was so cool to see that kind of portrayed of humans are like puppeteers of kind of like okay we cannot fight you directly but what we can do is have you manipulate you to fight each other thought that was awesome and Um, jewel has surfaced during these books too yeah very much so that's where like all that side story of comes into um the didax hand is like another splinter group of like uh, ex-covenant and they're trying to keep up the covenant essentially um and you know their worship of the forerunners and stuff like that and that's a splendor group of the abiding servants of the abiding truth mm-hmm. uh, i mean there's loads going on there pretty much but uh, going around saying alien 
the factions but the end result is obviously the arbiter is fighting and eventually we'll get to the res- resolution in the next mission there is some some dialogue here towards the end of this mission talking about how the covenant's making one last you know push to to assassinate or to take out the arbiter there's a little back and forth just saying like if they're successful it could be really bad so that's another you know some more motivation you know if they if the covenant with the remains of the covenant actually did kill the arbiter in this in this battle or if we didn't enter you know interject and 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 we didn't save him but you know like he was doing okay but we definitely helped if we didn't if we didn't intervene and they assassinated him then things would have been very different could have been very yeah so no end cut scene here. We just you know this just the slow fade. There's more interesting stuff to happen and talk about in the next episode, which we'll cover. Any any trivia that we missed? Uh, nothing else other than this campaign level takes place on the same date as the release date of Halo Five Guardians, five hundred and forty three years. In the future. Wow! <laughs> so good. there you go. Thought that was interesting. <laughs> other than that, you pretty much touched on everything else. The skull. There's twelve pieces of intel, which is a lot. Crystal will go into that now in a minute. And there are two that leads right outside the council chamber that are holding hands. Oh, they love each other. All right, Krista, are you yeah, ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Is it good? Uh, it's not bad. It's a lot of Covenant and like uh, Sanghealy stuff. So if you're into that, you're going to like this. Yeah, yeah. All right. So the first three are all the ceremonial sword which is uh, an ancient proverb on the hilt of a sword that you kind of find. So the first one is, Words are the most powerful before blades are drawn. The second one is, The sun warms those who stand before those who kneel in their shadows. And the, the final one is, Strength comes from recognizes recognizing another's weakness. So those are those kind of just tidbits of Sangheili wisdom. Talk about the culture. And, yeah. Do you feel wiser? I okay, do. good. <laughs> uh, this next one is Sanghealy Personal Log 503. I don't know where all the other ones went, but... Um, <laughs> the rumors are true. Jewel Mandama is dead. We should regroup on uh, Hesteros, but my brothers would rather die in reckless attacks on, on the swords of Sanghelios than suffer the dishonor of a tactical retreat. Which just kind of highlights basic... Sanghealy tactics where they would just they would just rather die yeah like yeah. literally they're just like ah fuck it I'll die <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that's hardwired in that culture it really really is they'd rather they'd rather die like if um if they spill any blood it's considered dishonor and they're shamed if they're mortally wounded like a bone's broken or something like that not even mortally wounded if a bone's broken or something they won't heal it they'd probably just end up killing themselves it's it's some That's it's some awesome. crazy stuff. We have like a bunch of patrol logs in this. Um this one is from Scout uh Gatam. Claim allegiance to the Arbiter, but a traitor's working with the Covenant. Why do you skulk in the shadows? Come draw your blades, you live without honor. Must you die the same way? I will kill you all myself. So that is a scout goading uh hidden covenant forces into attacking. Uh, the next one is another patrol ro- log. This is Scout Thrun. Uh, Jumandama is dead. The Covenant fractures. Soon the Kigyar contracts will expire. The Swords of Sanghelios will stand triumphant. Um, so that is, like... The Jackals at this point are not working for the Covenant because they believe in anything. They're working mm-hmm. because they're being paid. Yep, that's just Jackals. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love the idea of take away their money and then they lose half their forces yeah, <laughs> because they they're all mercenaries leave. so this the next one is King Kit Pit Limps Adventure Log 1 out of 4 uh, <laughs> I am Kit Pimpli- Pit Limp the Explorer the Covenant's future depends on ancient Forerunner secrets that's what Jewel Mandama said so uh, I will look for them I know there are some old places around here, and I will discover at night so no Arbiter forces can see me. I think it's a grunt. I'm pretty sure it's a grunt. I'm pretty sure it's That's a grunt. That's definitely like a grunt. A grunt. 
The next one is another patrol log from Scout Makesh. Uh, Scout Makesh, third patrol. We walked into an ambush. I repeat, a covenant ambush. Send reinforcements. So, very interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, these next two are a message to Kit Arak. Um, Kit Arak, my brother. Though we fought as though we were growing up, the as, though we fought as we were growing up. Only now are we truly enemies. I hope you will see through the lies of Jewel Mandama. The Swords of Sanghelios would welcome a warrior as strong as you. Um, and then the next one says, uh, Kidarok, my brother. I remember our first hunt together. We were brought, we were brought, when we brought our prey home, it was a moment of greatness, of hope. And the covenant brings only shame to the Sangheli, but it will f soon fall. I wish to hunt with you at my side again, brother. It's not too late. So, obviously urging someone to switch sides. Mm -hmm. uh, the second to last one is Sangheili Personal Log 139. I can't wait to read the rest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jewel Mandama has been killed. We will answer this di dishonor by placing Arbiter's head on a pike. Oh. The Swords of Sangheilios is nothing but a stain on our homeworld's history. Long live the Covenant. So this guy's this guy's kind of uh not not feeling it at all. He bleeds purple. This final one's kind of weird. It's uh, patrol log uh, scout Hakakt. Uh, it just says another day of endless meetings. Our talents are wasted here. Uh, this is a piece of mission mission intel. So this is what the notes are in Halopedia. This piece of mission intel appears to be bugged or mislabeled in the game. The recording seemingly has no relation to the co corresponding description. So the description is an Wait. audio log by scouts Re and uh, Vatahakat and capturing captures a covenant ambush. So another day of endless meetings our talent our wa talents are wasted here. So that that's so that's a just weird disgruntled. One. I don't know, it's supposed to be like after ca after a covenant ambush. Hmm. Why would there be meetings? But uh, it's it's weird. So that one was weird, but that's all of them. So some cool Singhali cool. stuff. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to learn more about this adventurer, this explorer. Yeah, Kit right. Pimp Pitlimp. He's my new favorite character. So <laughs> <laughs> Kit Pitlimp, what? <laughs> all right, let's do some community stuff, and we'll get out of here. Facebook have anything fun to say? Okay, to very quickly, we can do Colin Perkins admin November second at seven fifty-five p.m. You just finished writing your Spartan Sanghaley Body Space Cop <laughs> screenplay. What did you name it? Question from Mission Debrief, Halo 5, Swords of Sanghelios Mission. It's a good question, Colin. Gracias. Great picture there. It's a good job, buddy. So Brad Tharp decided to answer for everybody a billion <laughs> times. So we got a good few comments here. Uh, some th There's some of them pretty good, to be fair. We got Tucker and Blarg, Bad Boy 17, Gruntpocalypse. Die Hard 47, Not So Great Journey, Tang Tango and Hingehead, which I really like, Lethal Weapon, Just Another Reboot, which I thought was pretty funny, um, Venezia Vice, which is great, To Live and Die in Sunayan, also great, Rush Hour 4, <laughs> for no reason, <laughs> says Machu, uh, Manny says Frank and Natho Infinite Playlist, that's pretty good. Uh, David says Spartan Blart Space Cop. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, Rasmus says here comes Team Smoothie Blue. I don't know what that is. Anyway, Lucas says the Hinge Head and Mr. Roboto or Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. YouTube it. Okay. <laughs> James Gozell says good cop, Ward Cop. That's good. Uh, yeah, it is pretty good. Then you have Brute Force. That's pretty good <laughs> by Martin. Or Martin. Uh, Corey says Jawbreakers. Then yeah. we have Lance says The Demon and the Blark. Chris says Pete and the Elite. <laughs> which is pretty good. <laughs> uh, Patrick says How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> what? <Okay. laughs> and Trenton. Ugh, Trenton. <laughs> Little Weapon 5. I need one. <laughs> is that it? Is that it? <laughs> That's okay. all I got. Okay. That's a pretty good one. Good job, Trent. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> What's Discord have to say? Any, anything? All right. Ones? Dizzy Bumper says, uh, "Rush Hour Halo." 
Uh, Samurai says, uh, the lion, the witch, and the really fucked up looking alien. <laughs> Ian says, Sparty and Wart. Uh, Dezudo says, stop or my wart will shoot. <laughs> uh, Avery Johnson says, uh, an unexpected bromance in the middle of an investigation. The tale of the blargiest blarg. Uh, Matt Very says, nice. uh, Dr. Wart blarg, or how, and... Or how I stopped worrying and learned to love the full hammer. <laughs> UNSC Brexit says hinge head and demon. Ian says 21 jump pod. <laughs> uh, Matthew says uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Infinite. Uh, he also says men, in men and elites in black. Uh, Min says SS Investigations. It warts once more. Shadow of Oni says, Were it so easy, in an unexpected alliance aboard the Shadow of Intent. <laughs> that sounds like an actual book. It does. Uh, and then finally, Redacted says, uh, Phoenix Wart, Ace Attorney. <laughs> there we have That's it, my friends. Game of the game. By the way. Very nice. I think we've covered a lot. I feel good about this. Fun Lots mission. of warts. Lots of warts. Warding are all blarg, around. Blarg, blarg. And blarg, blarging and warding. Some blargs. Some warts. <laughs> but a honking. <laughs> That'll do it for our debriefing of the Swords of St. Helios mission from Halo 5. On the next episode, we'll be covering Alliance and Enemy Lines. Send us your thoughts at podcastevolved at gmail.com or drop us a tweet at podcastevolved on Twitter. You can also support the show by visiting Podcast Evolved on Patreon. Until next time. Evolved. 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 Blarg.